Well, we've been doing a series now for several weeks uh, that we're calling The Cure. And what Paul has done uh, as we've journeyed through this letter that he wrote to the church there in Corinth, Paul's taking us uh, to the cure of many problems or issues that might not only arise in a church, but also might arise just in um, a relationship with Jesus and being a follower of Jesus and a disciple uh, of Jesus Christ. But in today's text, we're going to see that in order for the body of Christ to be effective with the cure, in order for us to be effective in what God has called us to do at this time and at this place in history, in order for us to be able to do His work and to do it effectively and in a way that honors Him, the entire body must be healthy and must be doing its part. And I want to thank Lauren Wilcox for uh, reading our text for us during our worship today. I absolutely love including our scripture uh, during our worship. I, I don't know, just every time that we do that now, I get like goosebumps when they're reading it. I don't know what took us so long to decide to, to act like uh, uh, Episcopals, but anyway, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, but I uh, appreciate Lauren doing that for us. But here's the deal. God has set up His church as the body of Christ, all right? This is nothing new. If you're familiar with the church at all, the Bible talks a lot about the, the, the church being made up of many different parts. There are many parts. There are many members to the church and the body of Christ, and no one member... No one part, don't miss this, is complete without the other part. No one part, no one member is complete without the help of the other parts. And each member's success is dependent upon the others. And understanding that, un, uh, embracing this concept that God gives us in His holy word of this body mentality, this body of Christ mentality. If we will embrace this concept, it will, I believe, totally change our attitude as it pertains to the church and the effectiveness of the cure in not only the church, but in our community and in our world. And so Paul begins here, in chapter 12 and verse 1, he says this. He says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So what we see Paul doing here, uh, we see him kind of shifting gears. He's kind of turning his attention now in this letter to the church uh, to the next question uh, that came from the church because this letter is basically... Uh, it's basically a response to the church to either questions that they have asked him to address or things that he has heard about the church that concerns him. And that's the brunt of this letter that we've been studying for several weeks. Now, the issue at hand that he's turning his attention to now, whether it be a question or whether it be from something he's hearing, a report he's hearing from the church, the issue at hand is regarding spiritual gifts, all right? And believe it or not, 
this question, the issue of spiritual gifts is still a matter of division in churches today. And, and, and y'all, one of the things that I love about our church uh, that God's put together here at this place is the diversity of our people. And not just the, the diversity right now, but we all come from really diverse church backgrounds. Uh, we were all raised a little bit differently and in different uh, kinds of churches and traditions. Some, some of you in here, you grew up Nazarene. It's all you know. I mean, you've got the dove tattooed on you. You are a diehard, lifelong member of the Nazarene uh, church, you know, the church of the Nazarene. We have quite a few people, though, that have a Baptist background. That's my background. I was raised uh, Baptist, free will Baptist, uh, which really is just kind of a, uh, a uh, toned down version of Nazarene. We didn't clap in the free will Baptist church, so a little bit different. Some of you in the church have a Pentecostal background. You clapped a lot, right? Uh, Assembly of God uh, backgrounds. I actually have a, uh, had an uncle that was a Baptist preacher. I had an uncle that was a Pentecostal preacher. Uh, I mean, I'm the one that you need to show up at a potluck and speak in tongues and sing really loud. All right? I mean, I've just kind of, my family just kind of touches all the bases uh, there. Some in our church grew up Catholic. Uh, I think that's really interesting. Uh, some of you that know me know that I'm kind of fascinated uh, by the Catholic Church and uh, just something about walking in a Catholic Church and the reverence and you know everything that they do to prepare themselves to go into worship and to hear the Word of God. I just um, uh, some of you know that when my boys were little, that uh, there's actually a Catholic channel on the satellite. And uh, me and my boys would just sit and watch, you know, uh, them do the rosary. And my boys knew the rosary at a very young age, and they've been in the Nazarene church all their life. But, uh, but we just, we're diverse. We're just kind of like a hodgepodge of, uh, you know, religious people with religious backgrounds. And so here's what I want to do is we begin to look at this topic of spiritual gifts. All of us are bringing our own ideas with us into this conversation. We always do. It's why there's so much debate. There's some, why there's still so much conversation about gifts and what are gifts and what are not gifts and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, just what I would ask us to do, we're all different. We all have different backgrounds, different ideas. Let's just enter into this discussion open-minded to what God might want to say to us right now, currently, in and through this. Put our agendas aside, put our ideas aside, put the way that we were raised aside. And we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts, not just today. We're going to kind of hit it from a high level today. Uh, but we're going to be talking about it in the days ahead. So I just ask you to do it with an open mind to what God's Word wants to speak into our church right now. Not what He spoke into your life 30 years ago, but what He wants to do right now in our church today. Amen? All right, so regarding spiritual gifts, Paul continues in verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. 
There are different kinds of working. But in all of them, and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And that's going to kind of be our focus this morning, is that verse 7 right there. So what does Paul tell us is the purpose for people having spiritual gifts? He says, well, you know, uh, they are given to uh, different parts of the body and given to different members and different gifts for different people. Why? For the common good of the church, for the common good of the kingdom, for the common good of the ministry that we've been left with, right? And then Paul goes on there in, in, in verses 8 through 11. You can read them. I'm not going to read them or look at them today, but he, he gives us some examples there of gifts that were needed in the church in Corinth. Why? For the common good of the ministry of the church in that place at that time, right? And so Paul gives a list there of some of the spiritual gifts. And you will notice that this list right here is not a complete and exhaustive uh, list of the spiritual gifts that we find in the, in the Bible. They're not all the same. Matter of fact, if you read the New Testament, you will find six different lists that list spiritual gifts. They, they don't all include the same things. Some are left out of some list and included in other lists. But here's the deal. Not, not one cl- uh, list that you will find includes all of them. And so in, in reading the Bible as a whole, in reading the context of what God's Word is about and what it teaches us, it shows us that a spiritual gift is this. It is simply When the Spirit empowers someone, the Spirit moves someone, the Spirit uses you for what? The common good of the church, right? That's what they're all about. It's for the common good of building the kingdom, the common good of the ministry of the church, the common good of the body of Christ, something that Christ wants done in the church. It's being enabled by the Spirit to do something in the community that Christ wants to do in the community. It's being empowered by the Spirit to do something in the world, right? For the common good of the kingdom of God. Which brings us to the first point today, and it's this. Spiritual gifts are how Jesus continues His ministry on earth. That's what they're all about. That's what they are for. That's the reason we've been given them. Jesus promised us that after he was gone, that he would continue to build his church by using and sending his spirit to help us to be able to do that, right? He said, I'm going to send you one that is even better. We can't even imagine even better than Jesus, right? But Jesus says, I'm going to send you one that is even better to be with you. Why? Because you're going to need some help when I'm gone doing what? Building the church. Building the kingdom of God. Serving other people. Serving the body of Christ. 
It's the Spirit that empowers the members of the church to continue the ministry that Jesus began. To do ministry for Him now that He's gone. Now Luke, who is believed to be the writer of the book of Acts, makes this point, I think, pretty clear for us. I love this. At the beginning of Acts. Now we know that Luke's first writing that we have in the Bible is the gospel of Luke. Okay, two of you are paying attention this morning. Luke's first writing in the New Testament is called, for those of you that have never heard this before, Luke wrote the gospel of Luke. Okay? And some of my kids from years and years ago will know that Luke is not from New Jersey. Right. All right. Long, long time ago. That was a joke. Um, but anyway, so Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke. It's also believed that he wrote uh, the Gospel uh, or the Acts of the Apostle, the book of Acts. Now, in his second writing, the book of Acts, he, he opens this. Well, first let's say the Gospel of Luke is basically a biography about Jesus. All right? It's a biography uh, about the life uh, of Jesus. In the second writing, in the book of Acts that he writes, he opens it by saying this in Acts 1.1. Luke says, in my former book, which was what? The gospel of? Okay. In my former book, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. All right? Don't miss this. In the gospel of Luke, he says that he wrote about what Jesus began to do. Which means that the book of Acts is about what Jesus continues to do and to teach. But Jesus wasn't present during the Acts of the Apostles. But yet His work continues. His teaching continues. It's His disciples and it's the followers of Jesus that are continuing His work for Him with the help of the Spirit that He left them. Now, don't miss this. He's still working today. His work continues today. How? Oh, through the work of His Spirit, through His disciples and His followers, right? The same power that was at work in the physical body of Jesus Christ when He was here is now at work through us as His disciples. The same power, the same Spirit, is at work in us as His disciples and as His followers. And whenever Jesus, through His Spirit, empowers someone to do a work in the world, that's a spiritual gift. That's a gift that has been given to someone to continue His work, to continue his teaching. Okay? That brings us to the second point today. Spiritual gifts, you have one, right? You've got one. Verse 7 says, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Okay, to each who? Well, what is a one? Maybe y'all. To each believer. There we go. To each believer. I love this group participation. 
Y'all, that early service, I don't know what they're mad about when they get here. But <clears throat> To each one, to each believer, who in here this morning is an each? Raise your hand if you're an each. It's not a trick question. Some of you are like, huh? he's sketchy, I don't trust him. All right? If you've raised your hand, if you're a believer, you are an each. You're each one, right? And if you're an each, or an each one, or a believer, or a disciple, or a follower, or a whatever you want to call it, you have a spiritual gift. You have a spiritual gift. God has given you a task, and He has given you the power to complete that task. Why? For the common good of the body. For the common good of the church. He's got a special role for you in the church. And Paul goes on to explain that, you know what? If you're not using your gift, the whole body of Christ suffers because of you. I'll put that on you, because Paul did. If you're not doing your part, if you're not using your spiritual gift, then the whole body of Christ suffers because of you. He says in verse 14, Even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Verse 22, on the contrary, even those parts of the body that seem to be weaker and maybe smaller are indispensable if one part suffers every part suffers with it if one part is honored every part rejoices with it if my little toe says well I'm not as important and I'm not as powerful as Steve's head or Steve's tongue right because you never see my little toe up here on the platform do you I mean you just kind of get me from here up Hopefully that's all that they're getting on the camera too. I don't even know. But you never see my little toe. You only see and hear what I stand up here and say every week. But let me ask you something. What happens when your little toe is hurt? What happens in the middle of the night when you get up to go to the bathroom and you catch your little toe on the corner of a, you know, the bed or the corner of a, a, a door frame? What happens when you catch that little toe in the middle of the night on something that does not move? Your whole body just goes, ah, right? I mean, the whole body cries out. The little tongue says some not very nice things. Right? But it's okay because Jesus is asleep. No, he's not. <laughs> you woke him up. You see, I, I, get, I get tickled uh, watching uh, football. You got this 350-pound lineman, right, Matt Cain? I'm not saying you weigh 350, but you're a big old boy. And you have these guys, and you're watching them on TV, right? And they come out of the game, and they go in the tent, tent now, right? They want to hide them. And so they go in the tent. And then the announcer on the sideline will come on and say, this 350-pound lineman that can bench press 2,000 pounds will be out of the rest of the game because he has a toe injury. 
suck it up, buttercup. You know, <laughs> it's a toe. But the toe, hey, it affects the whole body, don't it? It does. It affects the whole body. Friends, every part is connected. Every part is important to the whole body. Listen, every single week, there's something going on that the majority of y'all never see. Matter of fact, there's a lot of things that are going on that some of you never see. And it starts long before the 8.30 service on Sunday morning. And it happens throughout the services. But every single week, there's a group of people um, that are making sure we can do what we do. There's a group of people who love and serve on our kids and our grandkids. And they take care of them. They teach them. They're trying to disciple them and teach them about the love of Jesus. And not only are they back there... Um, unrewarded with probably one of the most difficult jobs in the church. Not only do they teach your kids, but they enable us in here to be able to experience what we do in here without a lot of distractions uh, from a bunch of kids. And when I say a bunch of kids, last Sunday in the second service, we had 81 back there. All right. Now, I know it's Easter and they won't be back until Christmas, but there, there was a bunch, right? Um, but I, I think of our children's department, our kids' department, kind of like, I, I think of them like the lungs of our church, right? And, and let me explain that. Most folks don't, don't see it, and they don't, some, of, you know, some of you don't even think about it. But if it stopped working, there would be pure chaos break out in this place, right? I mean, if they just walked out, um, we probably would know it here in just a little while when the smoke alarms started going off, you know? But, I mean, it would, be, it would, it would affect the entire body if they were not doing what they do uh, back there. And, and so, you know, here's the deal. It is important, it is so very important that you discover your gift because you have one. Now, I'm going to ask you this, do you know what your gift is? Because it's very important that we know and understand what our gift is because we all have one, right? And and I'd go so far today as to say this, that if you are not using your gifts that He has given you for service in the church, service to the body, service to the ministry, then you are hurting the rest of the body. I would say that because that's what Paul just said, right? He did. And some of you may be like, well, you know what, I I don't know what my, my gift is. Well, if you don't know what your gift is, the best advice that I can give you is just to do something. (laughs) Try something. See if it fits. See if you like it. See if it's something that that you enjoy. See if it's something that you can be passionate about. Well, Steve, you know what? I, I, I I would help. I would serve. I would volunteer. But no one has ever asked me to help. 
Can I be blunt? Because I am. Does anyone ever ask your heart to keep pumping? Does anyone ever ask your lungs to keep breathing, breathe out? Would you please do that for me uh, for the remainder of the day? I mean, do we ever have to ask the lungs to keep breathing or the heart to keep beating? Whether you use your spiritual gift or not, don't put that on me. Hello? Don't put that on our staff. That's on you. It's your decision whether you work and serve in the body of Christ or not. All right? Blunt, I know, I'm blunt. That's why a lot of people don't like me, but it's just true. Am I, am I right? I'm not wrong. <laughs> Lynette's not here, so I'm not wrong. <laughs> I'm always right when she's not around. And if you don't know what your gift is, seriously, just start trying things until you find out something that fits you and something that feels natural to you. Maybe, maybe you're a people person, you know, and, and you like to talk and, you know, you like to have fun. Well, you know what? You'd make a great greeter. You know, our greeters are probably one of the most important things that we have in the church because that is the first face that people see when they come to the church as a guest. That's their first, their, the first picture that they get of what kind of church we are. Right? And so some of you, you just are, are fun, you like to talk, you like to get to know people, and you're all about that, then you know what? You'd probably make a great greeter. And you know what? If that's something that might interest you, we have a phone here at the church. I know it's a whole new concept, but we have a phone, we have email, we have all kinds of ways you can just let us know and say, hey, you know what? I would, I'd, I'd be a greeter. That, that don't seem too hard, Right? And uh, we'll get you on the rotation. And, and you won't have to do it every single week. I mean, we get enough people being greeters. You know, you might, might only do it once every few months. But that might be something that interests you. But can I just tell you? All right, and and none of, I'm not talking about anybody in this service. I'm talking about those people in the early service. It, it, if, if, you don't, if you can't make your face smile, greeter's not for you. All right? We don't want you out there. But it's just the people in the early service. I mean, y'all got it down. I'm telling you what, some of them people in the early service, I don't think you could force their faces into a smile. I just don't think that they have that gift. And so they shouldn't be greeters. But, but here's the deal. Maybe you like to rock babies, huh? Maybe, hey, that sounds like fun to you. I'd like to rock some babies. Um, Last week, there were like 20 babies back there in the nursery, and I'm sure every single one of them would have loved to have been rocked. But you know what? We could only rock just one, and so the other 19 just laid there and cried. So I, I don't know. If you have babies, no, they had it covered, and they did a fine job. They came out there sweating, though, let me tell you something. And they were like, why did you preach so long, you know? But maybe that would be something you enjoy. And you know what? There's not an age limit on that. We have teens that assist, you know, uh, some adults back there. And, you know, we have some people that need a cane to get in there. You know what? That rocker fits them just perfectly when they go down. So, it, you know, maybe that's your deal. What, what is it that people tell you you're good at? Well, what is it that people tell you that you're good at? Then that may have something to do 
with your spiritual gift? How are you using that for the common good of the body of Christ? Right? One sure way of identifying your gift is this. What are you good at? What are you passionate about? And then what are other people telling you that you're good at? Normally when all three of those things come together, uh, you're going to be on on the right track there. And, And you may be here this morning and you may be like, you know what? My gift, Brother Steve, I'm going to tell you what my gift is. My gift is playing the spoons. So, (laughs) I've had some people tell me that their gift was being a drummer. Um, We learned very quickly that they were mistaken. Um, But we let him play anyway this morning. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, that was a joke. If you're a guest, that was a joke. The guy playing the drums is our youth pastor, and let me tell you something. That dude can do anything. Matter of fact, when we got here this morning, all right, they get up here to practice. Daniel and I are in the sound booth, and Hunter goes, oh, I just realized our drummer is not going to be here today, and Daniel got down out of the sound booth, came up here and played, did not even know that he was going to be playing today, and knocked it out of the park. Dude can do anything, absolutely anything, yeah. But I'm going to just tell you right now, we don't really have a need for a spoon player, okay? <laughs> the body of Christ at this point in time, we don't need a spoon player. And and so I'd be willing to say if there is not a need in that moment, right, for what you may think your spiritual gift is that you can't get off of and you stay focused on, well, you know what? He gives us gifts for what is needed at that moment in time in the church. So maybe, just maybe, there's another gift that you have that he's empowered you with that could be for the common good of the church at this point and at this time in the ministry of the church, right? And and so don't get hung up on the spoons just because we don't let you get up here and play spoons, okay? Uh, There's something else, I promise you, that you can probably do to serve the church and serve God for the common good. Because sometimes God gives us gifts to use that have nothing to do with our natural abilities or talents, Sometimes he just empowers you. And, and you know what? This can be a long-term spiritual gift that you have from now till the rest of your life. Or it could be a short-term spiritual gift. That maybe he just puts you in a situation of tomorrow and he empowers you to maybe share the cure with somebody at church, or at work, or at school, or whatever. He's empowering you for the common good of the church. And so be looking. Your gifts may change. Your roles may change. It could be temporary. It could be for a short time. It could be for the remainder of your life. Don't get locked in is what I'm trying to say. Don't get locked in because God can use a lot of us in in different kinds of ways, all right? So concerning spiritual gifts, you have one. You have one, and it's needed. It's needed for the common good of the body. Next thing is this. Last thing is this. I know some of you ready to go. Spiritual gifts are for service and not for show. Verse 7 again. 
to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Why are spiritual gifts given? For the common good. All right? Not for others to admire how spiritual we are. Not for others to admire how crazy talented we are. But so that you can work in the lives of other people for their good. So that you can work in the church for the good of the gospel. So that you can do things in your school, in your workplace, in your community, in this world for the good. Now, one of the problems that's going on here that Paul is addressing in the church here at Corinth was the, one of the problems with spiritual gifts was this. They were boastful and they were proud about their gifts. All right, And they were using them uh, as, as reason to think of themselves more highly than they should. All right, As being, you know, su- uh, spiritually superior over other people in the church that might have a, a different gift. You know, one of them might say, well, you know what? I have the gift of prophecy. You know, what, what is your gift? And the other person might say, well, you know, I have the gift of accounting, right? Uh, and the one of prophecy, you know, you can only do math, you know? Uh, stinks to be you, right? And, and, and so this is kind of what was going on in the church there. They were using this as kind of a way of ranking themselves and how much better of a Christian or how much more God liked them or blessed them because of Uh, their gift and where they served and what they did. And Paul's just sitting here shaking his head going, you're totally missing it. What is the point? What is the purpose of a spiritual gift? What's there to be proud of of in a spiritual gift? Because, oh, by the way, your spiritual gift is not your special power. (laughs) It is God's power working through you. Right? So what do you got to be proud about? Right? Because it's God working in you and working through you. The baseball glove doesn't boast about its awesome talent to catch the ball. Matter of fact, the last time I checked, my baseball glove was laying right where it's been laying. And the reason I know this is because we're packing. Right? My baseball glove has been laying in the same place that it's been laying ever since we moved into that house 15 years ago. All right? And, and so the, my baseball glove can't boast about how awesome of a catcher that, 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 that glove was. What, what matters? See, it's the hand in the glove that made that glove great. Now, it wasn't my hand, but there were some other people that wore my glove that were awesome, like Chick Hart and people like that. But it's the hand working in the glove that makes the glove awesome. Y'all see that? The one working in us is the awesome one, right? If it weren't for him, we'd just be laying there, lifeless, useless, and dead. Right? The gift that God has given you was not to puff you up before others, but instead to enable you to serve. Think about this. He's given you a spiritual gift and empowered you so that who would be exalted? Him 
And you know what else scripture tells us? That we should be lifting those around us up higher than ourselves as well. Love God. Love others. Love myself is not on that list. Lift up God. Lift up others. These gifts are for service. They're not for our show, not for our glory, not for our attention. And in verse 13, Paul tells them that their pride in their gifts shows that not only do they not understand spiritual gifts, but basically he's saying, you don't, you don't even understand the gospel at all. He says in verse 13, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jew, whether Gentile, whether drummer, whether guitar, no, he didn't say that, whether slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. The spirit and his gifts weren't given to us as a reward. We weren't rewarded because we're awesome, right? That's not what spiritual gifts are about. Spiritual gift, your spiritual gift was given to you when you received your free gift of salvation. See, that was part of the deal. It was a package deal. You got salvation. You got an eternal home in heaven, right? You have his presence constantly with you. You got the Holy Spirit empowering you to do whatever it is that God needs you to do or wants you to do. And you got a spiritual gift. All of that came included free in a gift that he gave to you. They weren't given to us based on how good we are or how many things we could check off of the list. All of us, Jew, Gentile, slave or free, were hopelessly lost before Jesus Christ, and we need to know that. That's the point that Paul's making here. You you don't even understand the simplicity of the gospel. And it's so simple that these children back here in the back can understand it today. And he's telling these grown-ups and all their awesomeness and all of their power and gifts. You don't get it. You don't get it. The greatest gift that you have been given was forgiveness. And he adopted you into his family. And that is your identity. Your identity is in Him. Your identity isn't in your guitar. Your identity isn't in your nursery. Your identity is in the one that is in you. Working in you and through you. Your awesomeness doesn't come from the gifts that you possess, but from the fact that the giver of those gifts possesses you. Amen? And all of this is a lot easier said than done. And don't think I don't struggle with it myself. There are Sundays I walk out of here and nobody says much to me at all. I know that was not a very good sermon. Either that or it was really good and they're thinking about it. No, it just wasn't very good. Um, And then there are Sundays that everybody that I encounter on my way out, boy, they're patting me on the back, they're telling me how awesome it was, how awesome I am, what a great sermon, what a great message, and you know, and and by the time I'm walking out of this place, I got my head held high, and I'm just, I'm awesome, you know, and I get home, and feeling good, and I go in, say, hey, Lynette, I say, how many great preachers do you think there are in Greenbrier? She said, one less than you think. (laughs) 
<laughs> so she brings me back down. See, that's her spiritual gift. <laughs> She's balloon buster. Uh, Lauren texted her this week. It's kind of funny because we, I, we joke around my house that Lynette is the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, God just packaged it in blonde hair and blue eyes. And so uh, she's the Holy Spirit in my life. And uh, Lauren told Lynette, I'm going to need you to dress in all white, this flowing gown, because I'm reading the passage about, you know, the Spirit of God. And so I need you to be the Spirit in this flowing white thing. And then, and then you're going to have to quickly be able to switch into and, and become an ear and then become an eye and then become, you know, feet. And then Lynette's like, well, I hate to tell you, but I'm not going to be there Sunday. So, but... Uh, I don't even know what I was talking about. Oh, Lynette, the, the uh, bubble burster. Uh, funny, so she's not here, so I can talk about her. So we were on a mission trip one time, and at the end of the mission trip, uh, they got us all these T-shirts that said, you know, where we'd been, and kind of a nickname that we had gotten during that mission trip. Some of y'all are going to love this because you know Lynette. Lynette's nickname that was on the back of her shirt fun sucker. <laughs> oh, man. I am so much trouble. Friends, yeah, it is recorded, and she's listening to it at the airport. I guarantee you, I'm surprised I'm not getting a text, but friends, here's the deal. Our gifts are not what makes us special. It's not our gifts. It's the gift giver working in us that has adopted us into his family. And these gifts are for serving others, serving the body. They're for service. They're not, they're not for show. And friends, don't miss this today. Members of the same body, they care for one another. They take care of one another. Think about your own body. I mean, your, your left elbow begins to itch. And what does it do? Well, it sends a message to the brain. And it's like, you know, I'm dying over here. Can somebody help? And the brain sends a message to another member of the body, the right hand. It says, hey, can you go over and help your left brother out? You know, he's, he's kind of in a bind over here and thinks he's dying. You know, that's exactly what the body of Christ should look like and how we should work together. We should see when another member is needing a little help and come along beside them and be encouragers and um, be helpers. And if a member of the body has a need, then God will move another member of the body. And if they are faithful, if they are obedient, they will move in and take care of the need of the other member of the body. We are literally... God's hands. We're literally God's hands and feet right here on this earth, right now. God has put all of the help that He needs in this church right here, right now, for what He's wanting to do. He's put it all together, every single one of us, for what He needs and what He wants done right here. But we can't do that effectively if you're not doing your part, you're not using your gift, then it's hurting the body. It's hindering the body. The church needs you, and you need the church. 
because God does His work through the church. Sitting on the sidelines of this church or continuing to stay home, even if you could be here, and I know some watching online are doing that for medical reasons. I'm only talking to those of you who are doing everything else, going to ball games, going to the lake, but not the house of God. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that even um, if you're listening online to some of the best sermons in the world, you are only experiencing a very, very small fraction of what God has for you. He created you. He intended for you to be a part of the body. Being part of the body means that we come together as the body. You have to be involved. And I'll just tell you, and I'll be honest with you, I probably would not be in the church today if it weren't for other members of the body encouraging me. Um, when I was young and I could find everything else to do instead of go to church, those people who would call and say, missed you Sunday. Or they would call and say, haven't seen you in a few weeks. Just want you to know that we love you and we miss you. If it wouldn't have been for those people loving me, forgiving me when I messed up so bad, helping me, encouraging me, teaching me, and not giving up on me. Friends, if it weren't for those people in my life, I don't know that I would be here today. And some of you can say the same thing. And you fondly remember some of those people kept calling, kept loving, kept forgiving. Be in the body. Just be in the body so that all the body would be healthy. Friends, you cannot be a Lone Ranger Christian and be spiritually healthy. You just can't. This church is what it is today because of people who said and are still saying, God, I just want to be used by you wherever, whenever, and however. I just want to be used for the common good of the body of Christ. And you know what? You've seen some of those people today. Some of them you haven't seen. But they were greeters. They count the money each week after everybody has gone to lunch. They work in the nursery. They volunteer in children's church. They volunteer with teens. They go to church camp. They go to retreats. They stuff Easter eggs. They grill hot dogs. They set up tables. They set up chairs. They work in the sound booth. They run the computers. They work on computers. They work security during every service to make sure that we're safe and that our kids are protected. They lead small groups. They cook food for the homeless shelter. They wash dishes. They teach classes. And they show up week in and week out ready to serve, to use their gifts. Listen, I, I, I want you to be involved and to serve, not just because it makes a difference in other people's lives, 
But I'm here to tell you, it will make a difference in your life. It will make a difference in your life. The most common characteristic of people who say that they feel like they're growing in their spiritual walk, the most common characteristic of someone that testifies to growth in their spiritual walk are people who have gotten involved in the body. And they serve, and they study, and they come along other people in the body of Christ. Friends, yes, the cure is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the good news of Jesus and what he's done for us and what he's done for the church. But the cure also is in our hands. The cure for the church, the cure for the community, and the cure for the world sitting right here in this sanctuary today. It's in the hands of those that are watching us online or maybe listening to the podcast. Friends, you have a gift. You have a gift. You've been given a free gift. Are you using it to serve God and serve others for the common good of the kingdom? And I'll tell you, there is no greater reward that you will experience than when you find your place and you serve there. There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. This morning we're going to close with a word of prayer. Maybe you'd like to come and pray about maybe what God's leading you to do or maybe God to reveal to you what gift or His plan for your life. I don't know. Maybe you would like to come pray for somebody in your family, somebody in your church. We have so many uh, right now in our church that are going through physical battles and spiritual battles, emotional battles. Maybe some of you would like to come and pray on their behalf. But as we close this morning, I invite you to come. If God's moving you to come to these altars, go ahead. Come on. Let's pray together as we close this morning. Dear God, I thank you this morning for this reminder of just how blessed we are to be given a free gift that is so incredible. To be given this free gift of salvation that's been offered to us through the cross of Calvary and the empty tomb and uh, that we celebrated last week. And, and God, but the, the truth of the matter is we celebrate that empty tomb every Sunday. That's a point of uh, why we come together is to worship our God, our risen Savior, our Redeemer, the Lamb of God, the sacrifice that was made on our behalf. And God, we thank you today for that reminder. And and when we accept you and when we believe in you and and we receive that forgiveness, forgiveness is not all. That's that's awesome gift that we would be forgiven. But that's not all. There's so much more that comes with that gift. And I thank you for this reminder today of this empowerment that we have in us to do the work of God for the common good of the body of Christ, the 
common good of the message, the common good of the cure. God, you have a plan for each and every one of us if there is still air in our lungs. There is no one in Scripture that retired from using their gift. Their gift may have changed in retirement and in their older age. But God, you still have a purpose for each and every one of us as followers of Christ. And God, I also thank you for the reminder this morning that that we're a body that um, needs to come along beside those in the body that are hurting and those that have great needs. And God, in, in a church this size and with the number of members that we have, it's almost hard to keep up with. The number of people that are sick, the number of people that are getting treated for cancer. God, we've been praying uh, all day yesterday and today for a young man by the name of BJ that I don't even know. But a member of the body reached out and said, this is a great need. Please join me in prayer. That's what we do as the body of Christ. We come along beside in prayer, in encouragement, whatever it needs. So I pray for BJ today. I thank you for what you did in his life yesterday, throughout the day physically. God, just be with his family, be with his friends that are gathered there. But God, most of all, I pray that you'd be glorified in that intensive care room that he's in right now. God, we... We thank a Gail that, God, we, we're just grateful and thankful he's alive. That he still has life. Major accident, broken neck, broken shoulder. Uh, he's got a lot of recovery to go, but he also has a lot to be thankful for. But we join Linda and the family in coming to the throne, lifting Gail to you and saying, God, heal. God, restore. Do what only you can do. God, today we pray for Kevin and Sam's little baby. And I know they they kind of got their world rocked there for a little while yesterday. But God's people began to pray. and He began to do a little better. And we're even getting better reports this morning. And we thank you for that. Just be, be with Sam and Kevin. I know they're anxious. And um, God, there's, there's nothing quite like the love that parents have for a little baby. So we just pray for complete healing there as well pray for our friend Robert as he continues to battle this cancer God it looks like surgery upcoming and you know exactly what's going on exactly what needs to be done so God the doctors give them wisdom but God most of all do what only you can do and Robert and Lisa and their family God they're such a blessing to us so willing to serve They are selfless. God, make yourself so real and tangible to them in the days ahead. Continue to pray for Fred. Bring healing to his body and to his leg. Karen, bring healing to her body. We pray for Yuna God, what a sweet, precious lady. Just draw her close. Be with the family. Give them strength. Give them wisdom in the days ahead. Continue to pray for our dear friend, Wanda Riddle. 
as she completes her cancer treatments now and she's trusting in you for the future. God, our prayers that you would be glorified and you would continue to use Ron and Wanda for a lot of years to come. God, I know I'm not thinking of all of them this morning and I'm forgetting somebody and and then there's situations that I don't even know about but you do you know the physical need the spiritual need the emotional need you know exactly what's going on in every heart and every life we know what you've said to us this morning now it's up to us to go and be faithful and obedient or to go on about our business, living our lives for ourselves. It's our decision. God, thank you for giving us the power that we need to do your work that you've called us to do. You knew that we needed help. And I, of all people, need it every hour of every day. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. It's in the powerful name of Jesus that we pray and ask these things. Amen. God bless you guys. Hope you have an absolutely wonderful week. I love you.